I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, y'all. All my stuff is good. <clears throat> this is the best teaching you'll get from me tonight. I want to turn your attention to James chapter 1. And I'm going to read two verses of scripture and four translations. James 1, 2, and 3 in the King James translation. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation. Now, divers doesn't mean you took up skin diving and you decided to go out into the ocean and you're going to be tempted with things. That's not what that means. Divers means many. So, I told you it's not a good lesson tonight. <laughs> Fall into divers temptations, knowing this, knowing this, that trying of your faith worketh patience. Everybody say, the trying of my faith works patience. All right, let's read it in the NIV version. Consider it pure joy, my brethren, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Now let's read it in the NLT, New Living Translation. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Now let's read it one more time in the today's English version. My brothers, consider yourselves fortunate when all kinds of trials come your way. For you know that when your faith succeeds in facing such trials, the result is the ability to endure. God bless you. You can be seated. It's a little hard to understand what James is trying to tell us in these verses of Scripture when he was referring to temptation. Now, I personally am not impressed with temptation. <laughs> I don't like temptation. I'm, I just That's not something I pray for. I never say, Lord, let the devil tempt me. I never ask the Lord to give me a test. Never. I feel like they come automatically in our lives. I think the devil shows up even when I don't want him to show up. And I think my flesh shows up even when I don't want it to show up. And I think I get myself in enough trouble without asking for it. I don't have to pray, Lord, give me some tests. Lord, give me some temptation. Send on the trials. Let the devil come my way because you know what? According to what I just read, it's going to bring joy in my life. So what I'm talking to you tonight about is opportunities for joy. Opportunities for joy. It's a little hard to understand what James is trying to tell us, that the trying of your faith works patience. 
You ever had your kids to make you lose patience? You tell them, you, you can't just tell your children, be quiet. They do not understand one time you say, be quiet. You got to go, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Stop it. 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 Quit 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 it. So kids do not understand. They've got to have multiplicity of statements before they get it. You can't just speak to them normal. And so they work on your patience. We don't understand when he said testing of your faith develops perseverance. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. When your faith succeeds in facing such trials, the result is the ability to endure. So how does all of this process work in our lives? James desires us to understand the difference between temptation and testing. Now, if I were to ask you, what's the difference between temptation and testing? We would get all sorts of, uh, of definitions here tonight. All of us would probably come up with different things. But I've done the research, and I already know I've got the answer, so I don't need you tonight to give me all of those definitions. James says that the source of temptation is not the same source as testing. There's a big difference between us being tempted and tested. Now, I, I'm not going to ask you, but I imagine some of you have probably been tempted this week. Some of you wanted to shake your head, but you were scared. You were afraid to. You were afraid to raise your head or shake your head. Neither is the result of temptation the same as the result of testing. Testing and temptation are two different things. One of them comes from God, and the other one comes from two sources, yourself and the devil. Everybody say, me and the devil are my biggest enemies. Well, that was awful weak. Y'all didn't want to say that, did you? You didn't want to admit that. Me and myself are my biggest trouble. I get myself in more trouble than you'll ever get me in. I don't have to let y'all get me in trouble. I'd pretty well protect you from that. But I find myself getting myself in trouble. And that's where the problem lies. And I know... Some of y'all are thinking, but you're, you're the pastor. You, what are you talking about getting in trouble? What have you been doing? Well, I'm not just talking about right now, okay? I'm looking back at my life back when I was not an angel of light. I was more like an angel of darkness. I, I was more like a little devil than a little angel. And I know some of it's hot in here. Can one of our ushers please turn on some air? I'm burning up. I'm going to come out of this coat. You know how to do that, Brother Bennett? All right. Thank you. And if you don't, you need to learn. If you're going to be an usher, you need to learn it. Y'all show him. 
In verse 14, James says, Let no one say when he's being tempted that God is tempting him. Now, let's just use an illustration. We'll just say, here's a $20 bill. Boy, it's dangerous to sit close. <laughs> dangerous to sit on the front. Brother, come here, Brother Winchell. Hey, Brother Winchell comes up here and I walk off and he sees my $20 bill laying there, you know. He sees it laying there. And there. He's got two choices right now. He can snatch it up and put it in his pocket and just grin like the wind blew it away. <laughs> he could do that. I mean, he could do that right now if he wanted to. But see, he's not that way. He's standing there. He sees that $20 bill. He wouldn't take it. He's probably like most of us are. He'd probably put another 20 with it thinking, well, Brother Gandy must have laid that. He's fixed to take an offering, so I'm going to give it. <laughs> and he's a big giver. Big giver and a big tither. So that's why I can use him tonight. <laughs> Feel good about it. I just signed his deal, and he's a good giver. In fact, I'm thinking about making him my assistant. I told y'all my lesson's not good tonight. <laughs> but you know, that, that $20 bill is still there because he's already made that choice that when I walked off and started talking, he's already made that choice. I'm not going to touch that $20 bill. That's not mine. It's, it's, it, it's there for Brother Gandy's use, and I'm not touching it. So that's already gone through his mind. I'm just up here for an illustration. But he could and do it just because I'm asking you, all right? When I walk off, I want you to come over and pick up that dollar and just hold it in your hand. Okay? Now, see, he can walk over and get that $20 bill. And I know it's hard for him to do this. No, it wasn't too hard. He's already done it. <laughs> see, the temptation was there. He only did it because I asked him to, but he could have done that on his own. He could have just reached over and grabbed that and walked off and just, you know, you know, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. And every day of our life, that's good, brother. And if you want to give it back, you can. You don't have to. Get, please that, do that. See, I trust him to go put it back over at my wallet. But here's the thing. Every one of us are tempted. Every child, every one of us, every one of you child, you have an opportunity to lie to your mom and daddy or tell the truth to them. Every one of us have an opportunity to lie to our husband and wife or tell the truth to them. You can tell them I didn't do it. I didn't go there. We're all tempted. We're all tempted. Now, I'm not going to come in the back door. You can go ahead and smile and relax and enjoy yourself today. So let no one confuse the intentions of God with the intentions of the enemy. James says, let no one say 
when he's being tempted, that God is tempting him. God didn't tempt us. He tests us. Temptation is from our own sinful nature. Satan is the active source of temptation. Peter tells us, he warns us about him. He said he prowls around like a hungry lion seeking those he can devour. He's walking around looking for an opportunity to let somebody fall for his trap. Temptation comes from the evil one, Satan. Testing may cause just as much or even more turmoil than temptation in your life. But the intention and the result cannot be mistaken. When you're tested, you cannot mistake that with temptation. Because te testing is always with evil, rebellion, dishonesty, and testing is always to make you a better person. It's always for that. God tests us so that we will rely on his promises more fully. But our sinful nature and Satan tempt us to abandon God's promises. Temptation is usually something we want to do. Now, the devil's not going to tempt you with something you don't like. Can you imagine the devil coming tempting you with strawberry cheesecake or, or, or anything like that? Because you don't like it. I mean, why would the devil come tempt me with fried cheesecake at Aspen Creek with all that caramel sauce and that ice cream. He knows better than to tempt me with that because I had it for lunch today. <laughs> you say, I thought you was on a diet. We're fixing to start one. <laughs> Tempt temptation is usually something we want to do. It appeals to our immediate desires. Testing is, in contrast, is usually something we don't find we want to do or it's difficult to do. It requires a sacrifice of our immediate desires and impulses. Its focus is on long-term values and goals. That's a test. We are in the moment of testing or temptation when we're in the moment of, of testing and temptation, a great question to ask ourselves is, do I feel myself inclined to do this thing? Am I feeling good about it? Am, am I wanting this? If it is, it's probably a temptation. If we do, like we are dealing with temptation, because temptation is focus, focused on selfishness, usually bodily or emotionally, without ref, uh, reference to God. Testing, in contrast, forces us to depend on God and explore Him more deeply. Temptation tries to capitalize on your weakness and will bring destruction. Testing exposes a weakness so it can be healed by God. 
Temptation seeks to injure you through that weakness, but testing, in contrast, exposes a weakness with a goal of improving our godly characteristic. So we have to be deliberate in our spiritual lives. We don't grow spiritually the same way we grow physically. It's a little different growing spiritually than physically. We have to cultivate our spiritual growth. You have to go more, you know, everybody eats naturally. You eat naturally. It, it's just a natural God-given gift. God put that hunger desire in you, and boy, you won't go long until you take care of yourself. You'll feed yourself. Some of you are thinking right now, as soon as you get through, I'm going to get something to eat. And that's why I'm going to drag it out a little longer, just to show you. <laughs> so we have to cultivate. Sometimes that means protecting it. We have to learn the danger signs, signs of temptation, and we have to stay away from those danger signs. The Bible says in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves, therefore, to what? God. Now, it did not say resist the devil and he'll flee. Because you're not going to be strong enough within your own ability and power to resist the devil. And that's why that verse starts off saying, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Once you submit to God, then you have the power to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. A lot of people have never caught or understood or grasped what I just read to you. They think they have the power already. You don't. Well, I got the Holy Ghost. You still better submit to God. Because <laughs> you will be tempted. Temptation completed leads to slavery, to sin, spiritual immaturity, guilt, and broken fellowship with God. Testing completed leads to godly freedom, spiritual maturity, and open fellowship with God. The difference between temptation and testing is obvious by the result that it produces. The more we revisit the same temptation unsuccessfully, the more it undermines our sense of integrity and we become guilt-ridden and, and we get estranged from God and we start falling away from the church. But when God tests us and we meet that test successfully, we experience greater degrees of freedom maturity, and fellowship with Christians. Now pay attention to this next statement that I'm about to make. This statement I'm about to make is an eye-opener for you. It's going to be awesome. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, pay attention. The only time you will ever be tempted is when you're by yourself or with somebody. 
And that is a fact. It's the only time you're ever going to be tempted. And let me give part two to that. You'll probably be more tempted when you're by yourself than when you're with somebody. George F. Will wrote a book about baseball. He titled it Men at Work. And in this book, he wrote about Oral Hishisher. <laughs> H no Hershisher. 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 Somebody pronounce this for me. H e r s h i s e r. Hersher. 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 Her. 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 Did I get it? Hershire. Come on, some English guy. Is that it? Are you sure that's it? Are you just trying to get attention? Say it again. Okay, Perhertcher. <laughs> I did it on purpose. All right, listen anyway. We'll just call him Oral. And so he pe he pitched for the Dodgers, and they went to the World Series victory in 1988. And he wrote that Oral discussed his philosophy about pitching, and he said there are two theories about pitching. He said one theory is that you try to convince the batter that a particular pitch is coming and he thinks you're going to throw it a certain way but you throw it a different way and he misses it. The other theory that you don't hear as much about but he said I use it is that if the batter expects a particular pitch, you do throw that pitch, but you throw it in a place where he can't hit it. That is, if you know that a batter wants to expect or wants a high ball and he expects you to throw the ball there, throw it almost there. Throw it a little bit too high. If he's a high ball hitter, throw it a little high. His eagerness will prevent him from laying off of that pitch. But because of its location, he'll probably miss it. And so didn't, didn't that sound like the way that the devil uses temptation against people? Think about it. He knows just what kind of pitch that we're a sucker for. And he throws it our way. But it's just a little higher or just a little bit more outside of where we like it. And most likely we'll swing at it every time because it looks so good and it feels so good. But what's the result? A big swing and a big miss. A strikeout that ends with walking back to the dugout wondering what in the world went wrong. Thomas Edison once was asked how he resisted temptations. He said, I ain't never had any. They said, why? He said, I don't have time for them. The reason he could say that is because Thomas Edison was so busy doing things, inventing things, 
that he didn't have time to fall into temptation. So if your life is filled with doing good things, you will not have time or thought for doing evil. What was it my mama always said? An idle mind is the work or the devil's workshop. How many of y'all ever heard that before? We won't probably get in as much trouble if we're busy. But if we get too much time on our hands, we find ourselves alone too much, we find ourselves getting in trouble. All of us are tempted by something. Everybody say, I'm tempted. Something will tempt you. And temptation in itself is not bad. I said that with the emphasis and I got quite, I'm waiting for that to soak in. Temptation in itself is not bad. Temptation truly means that the devil is after you and he wants you. And that's why he's tempting you. So what must we do when we're tempted? Number one, don't blame God when you're tempted. God will never tempt you with evil. If you're tempted, the second thing you do is blame the devil and blame yourself if you yield to it. A manager of a minor league baseball team was so disgusted with his center fielder's performance that he called time out. He walked out from the dugout out onto the field and he looked at that man and said, get on to the dugout. He said, you're not doing a good job. And he got his own glove and said, I'm going to take your place. And so he got out there in his place and somebody hit a ball. And that first ball took a bad hop and hit the manager right in the mouth. The next one that someone hit was a high fly ball, which he lost in the glare of the sun and it bounced off of his forehead. The third was a hard line drive that he ran for without outstretched arms, and unfortunately it flew between, between his hands and smacked him right in the eye. Furious, he ran back to the dugout, grabbed the center fielder by the uniform, and shouted, you idiot, get back out there. You've got center field so messed up that I can't even play on it. We want to blame everybody. We want to give the blame to everybody. How do you mess up center field for somebody? But when you get to blaming others, you can come up with ridiculous things that it's all your fault. If you hadn't done that, this wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't have gotten in trouble. But the real problem is not center fielder. The real problem is the guy in the center of your life, which is ourselves. We humans are pretty good when it comes to the blame game, aren't we? We don't like to take responsibility for our own failures 
and our own sins, we prefer to blame it on someone else. Well, I would have never smoked if my dad hadn't smoked. It's all his fault. Or I remember when my friend took me to a bar and he bought me my first drink and it started me with a drinking problem. He was the one that got me started drinking. It's always easier to blame someone else for our failures than it is to just own up to them and admit that I am the one that was tempted and yielded to that temptation. People also tend to want to blame God for everything bad that happens to them. How many times have you read or heard where people blame God for every bad thing? I've heard people say, why did God allow that to happen? He's supposed to be a good God. Why did God allow that to happen? But those same people that blame God for all of the bad things that happen, when good things happen in their life, God gets no credit for it. Those same people will never give God credit, but they'll sure want to blame Him for everything that goes wrong. This is the opposite attitude of Job in chapter 1, verse 22. It says, in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. In all of what? What was he talking about? In all of Job's losses, including the death of his ten children, he did not blame God. He did not charge God with wrongdoing. He realized it must be a test, not a temptation. Many people would like to blame God for everything bad that happens, but give no give God no credit for when good happens. God cannot be tempted by evil because He's God. He's holy. He's pure. He's without sin. God cannot be tempted to sin. Temptation holds no power over God. And God does not tempt anyone with sin. But we live in a sinful world, a broken world. And God did not break it. Man broke it. And the consequences are that there will always be temptation in this world to sin that you and I live in it. You'll never get away from it because of the curse of sin brought about by Adam and Eve choosing to disobey God and eat of the fruit that God forbid them. You could sit here tonight and say, why did God do that? Why did he pick a fruit? Why did he give them that choice? Because God wanted us to have a choice. He loves us enough to give us a choice. You get to choose if you want to serve God or not. You get to choose if you want to be saved or not. You get to choose if you want to be faithful to church or not, if you want to love God or not, or if you want to just play church. It's up to you. You don't have to live for God if you don't want to. None of you have to come to church, and you don't have to go to heaven. It is a choice that you make.
We are tempted, and when we're tempted, we can only blame ourselves. Verse 14 says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust is, hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. Thomas Boston, a Scottish church leader of the 1600s, wrote this, Temptation is the fire that brings up the scum of the heart. John Piper says that sin or lust gets its power by persuading me to believe that I will be more happy if I follow it. The power of all temptation is the prospect that it will make me happy. That's why a lot of people fall in relationships with somebody, live with them instead of marrying them. Because they think it's going to make them happier. And it doesn't because it's against God's law. You will only be happy when you do it God's way. When you get married, you are following God's commandments, God's laws. And guess what? God smiles on that. And what God smiles on, he blesses. And when we go against it just because that is what we choose to do and we think that's going to make us happy, it doesn't work that way. You'll never be happy going against God's laws. If you want to be happy in this world, buckle down, tighten up, get in tune with what God expects you to do and how you're to live. And I'm going to tell you, there's more, no joy any greater in your life than being able to live for God and know that you're pleasing Him and doing the right, right thing the way you live. A Reader's Digest wrote, reader wrote, a Reader's Digest reader once wrote, I'm getting too many tongue twisters in my lesson. He said, while my wife and I were shopping at a mall, a shapely young woman in a sharp, form-fitting dress strolled by. He said, my eyes followed her. And without looking up from the item that she was examining, my wife asked me, was that look really worth the trouble you're in now? Sometimes <laughs> we get ourselves in trouble just for looking. Sometimes we do things, we get ourselves in trouble. And then how many times in my childhood did I go to God, please, God, help me. I'm about to get exposed. I'm about to get caught. I've told this before, but one time Mama was going to church, she'd go pray a long time, and we had a lot of time getting in trouble. And one time she was gone, my brother and I, we, we were out in the backyard, and he somehow got some cigarettes, and boy, were we tough. I think we was about 12, 13 years old, and oh, man, you talking about tough and cool. Oh, to get that thing. 
That was so tough. <laughs> That's good, ain't it, Bub? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we were just having a good time. Take a drink. <laughs> Both of us have bad sinus problems. I'm allergic to everything out. Every kind of smoke. I sneeze and all that stuff. But, boy, I was having such a good time. <laughs> just really enjoying it. And we hear Mama drive up in the driveway. Oh, my Lord, my heart stopped beating for a moment. And so we come up with a master plan real quickly. Tommy said, oh, I'll knock on the back door and get Mama's attention. You go in the front door and you brush your teeth and spray cologne and hairspray on. And, and then you get her attention. I'll come in the back door and, and I'll do the same thing. So... Tommy, mama, and she goes to the back. I come in the front. I go in the bathroom. I brush my teeth, and I'm praying while I'm brushing. <laughs> Boy, that's some good prayer time while you're brushing your teeth. I said, God, I promise you, I won't never do this again. If you'll just not let mama catch me, don't let her catch me. I, I'm telling you, I, was, I knew when mama caught me doing something, it wasn't none of that. Now, you don't do that no more, Mama. We'll put you in time out. We was in our own time out. We couldn't sit down. That was our time out. <laughs> we have to take time out to not sit down. And I knew if Mama caught me, I was going to be in trouble. I was just praying. I, I got so dedicated to God. I got so close to him in that few moments. Just, God, I promise, spraying hairspray, put cologne all over me. I mean, I mean, I stunk. I got so much of that mess on me. And so I was, I was just, just really uh, nervous about going out there. And about that time, my mother said, Lay Joe Gandy. And anytime my mama used my middle name, I knew I was in trouble. I thought, oh, God, she found out. She said, come here right now. And I thought, oh, God. And I felt like I was on death row. I could hear the drum. Boom, 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 boom. And I opened that death row door. And I started down that hall. And my mama was standing there with that glare on her face. I, it was over for me. I'm fixed to die. And my mama looked at me, and she said, I'm going to ask you, and I want you to tell me the truth. I said, okay. She said, how would you like to go get a hamburger and a milkshake? I never wanted one anymore in my life than I did right then. You'd have to know my mama. She did that all the time. And for some reason, she decided to take reward me and my smoking brother for a milkshake and a hamburger. And we got away with it that time. We did not get caught that time. Mama never smelled it. She never. And sometimes we do God that way. You know? If you'll just get me out. And I wish I could tell you that's the last time I ever did anything stupid like that. 
But me and my brother had some more stupid episodes with the same old temptation. Why do we do that? Why do we get ourselves in trouble? Why do we, why do we yield to stuff that we know is wrong for us? It's going to get us in trouble and cause us a lot of heartache. Why do we, because we think it's going to make it better. We think it's going to make us happier. I don't know what it is about young boys thinking that is tough. But can I tell you, young fellas, Christopher, don't ever smoke that nonsense. That's the nastiest, filthiest mess you can put in your mouth. <laughs> you don't want brother to do it, huh? Is that what you're telling him? Yeah, okay. Don't do it. Don't don't get off in that in that realm. And, and saints, don't be tempted to run somebody down in the church. Don't be tempted to be negative about pastor or Sunday school teacher or Brother Diaz getting up and thinking like he's taking over the church. He just gets up there and. You know, he, he just wants to do everything. He just just gets up there and he, he's got to got to say something all the time. I'm gonna tell you, of all the people you could criticize, he'd probably be the least one you could criticize. That guy's pure in his pure gold, but he's also pure in innocence too. Somebody told me the other day, I just love that man to death. He's so. So pure, so such a good, great guy. Brother Gidrow said that about you. He said, you got you a good guy there. But why would you want to run somebody like that down? Why would you want to, why would you want to criticize one of your brothers or sisters in the Lord? The devil would love for you to because that gets a spirit of disunity. Disunity destroys the church. I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm not near through, but I've been... Long enough. You know, most of the time when I teach, I don't, I don't even know why I teach it. I don't know why God gave me this. Got up this morning early, went to my computer, and I was sitting there, and I already started a little note. I had notes. I'll get a thought, and I'll put it in a file and save it, give it a title. And it was just one little half page of stuff that I had that I read somewhere, and that's where I got this from today. And I said, Lord, I, you know, I don't feel any, like, God didn't say, this is for tonight, Sister Peterson needs this. <laughs> God didn't tell me that, Sister Peterson. He didn't say, Sister Bradshaw's going to leave the church if you don't preach this tonight. God didn't tell me none of that stuff. I just felt a little nudge in my spirit when I was that we need to be careful about temptation because it's going to come. It's always going to be there. You'll never get old enough. You'll never get spiritual enough. I don't care how much you pray or fast, you will never stop being tempted. Never. But that praying, that fasting will help you to say no. 
to that temptation, whether you might not be able to do it without the prayer and fasting. So think about what I've taught here tonight, and possibly that'll help somebody, because you're going to be tempted this week, next week, the next week, every other week, 52 weeks a year, you're going to be tempted. 365 days a year, you're going to be tempted.